0: This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised.
1: I'm Lacey. And I'm
0: Ashley. And this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in Mississippi discussing a drug deal with a butcher.
1: Then, we'll talk about a death that was ruled a suicide, but could have been a murder. Buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the Magnolia State.
0: Everyone loves a good mystery. And for true crime lovers, unsolved murder cases, in particular, really pique our interest. You know what I'm talking about. The hours spent diving down all the rabbit holes, searching the internet for clues, and aha moments where you will crack the case and solve the murder. You've read every article, watched the TikToks and the YouTube videos. If you're really, really lucky, there's a show on Idea. it. We all have a case that sticks out in our mind, one that keeps us up at night and creeps into our head at some random point during the day. It haunts us and drives us crazy because we know the answer is out there We get busy with life and we tuck it in the back of our minds. But what if this case was a family member or your child? Then what? How do you keep going without any answers? The case I'm going to tell you about today has boggled my mind since I first heard about it. A case where the family is told by authorities that their loved one committed suicide. But those close know better. And after you hear the details and facts about this case I'll be sharing, I'm going to be very interested to see where you stand. Heartbreaking suicide or horrific unsolved murder? Jessica Johnson was a 37-year-old woman who lived in the small town of Horn Lake, Mississippi, which is right outside Memphis. She was beautiful, always dressed up, makeup, A real fancy pants. She would never be seen without her face on. She was energetic, outgoing, and the life of the party. But her favorite thing was being a mom to her son, McLean and her daughter, Eden. They were her everything. The single mom and her kiddos lived with her parents. Jessica never received any financial help from the kid's dad. She did have her rough patches, though. She was addicted to Xanax off and on, but was getting it together when she began hanging out with the wrong crowd. She didn't have the best taste in men either. They tended to be mean and controlling. Her parents were very disappointed in the company that she was keeping, but she's grown. She can do what she wants to do. Her friends think she was a fixer and tended to be drawn to these men to try to save them. Her latest on-off again boyfriend was Garland Hart. He was a tattooed up bad boy who was trying to kick a heroin addiction. Oh, boy. oh no. He was also known to sell drugs and he would sometimes use Jessica's car to do this. He was in and out of prison, just kind of a shit show. Yeah. Jessica was also arrested. Once for possession of a controlled substance, but those charges were later dropped because they couldn't prove whose drugs they were, so basically, she was in a car they he got had stuff stopped. in there
1: sometimes well there he... were
0: there were other dudes in there too, yeah. and there were drugs in the car, but they couldn't pinpoint whose the drugs mm-hmm. they were so anyways, yikes. so the two fought and would break up and get back together. And those close to her would say that he messed with her mind. Like, he would always compare her to his exes.
1: Gross.
0: And kind of gaslight her and made Mm -hmm. her super self-conscious. And uh, so this had been going on for, like, two and a half years. That this had been just a tumultuous, yeah. On Wednesday, May the 31st, Jessica, her daughter, and Garland all went shopping. And then she dropped her little girl back off at Grandma's house. She told her mom she was going to go hang out with Garland. No big deal. Again, you know, this dude's been around nearly three years. Wow. Yeah. So Thursday morning, the next day, she talks to her mom and her daughter. And she's at a house on Angel Drive where her boyfriend is currently staying. So he's kind of couch surfing between friends. So it's only about five miles away from her parents' house. So it's not like she was in a different town. Yeah. There was no contact after that, which is super unusual because her mom was like, we would text and talk every day and she would even send me her locations. So she just like fell hmm. off the map. Also, I feel like it's important to point out that, you know, her. she has two children. Her son's 19 and her daughter is eight. So it's not like You know, these are toddlers that she's leaving with her parents while she's hanging out for the weekend with her boyfriend. So on June the 1st, there's a party at this friend's house. And there's a half a dozen people coming and going. Drugs, all the things. Jessica and Garland get into an argument. This is a known drug house. Like, this is not the kind of place you want to be associated with or, like, hang out at. So they argued most of the day. Jessica at one point leaves the house to go pick up a friend of hers from work, and the homeowner, whose name is Jessie, calls her and tells her that Garland is locked in the bedroom with two girls. Oh, no. So, she's upset. She's telling her friend she's upset. Her friend's like, fuck this dude. Let's go back and get your stuff and just leave. Mm -hmm. So, they pull up. Jessica's upset. She's like, I'm going to stay. I just want to talk to him and see what's going on, blah, blah, blah. So according to another friend, she locked herself in the bathroom at one point because they were fighting so bad and calls her and says, hey, come pick me up. Girl shows up. Garland meets her at the door and is like, you know what? Jessica's instigating all this shit. Like, maybe you should just take her with you. So her and the friend talk for about 45 minutes. Again, Jessica's like, I'm going to stay. girl's like, fuck it. I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. So she leaves. So that around six p m they get into it again, and she storms out the front door, and another person that's there says, "Jessica is pulling the shoestrings out of her shoes and saying she's going to kill herself, and yeah, which is super odd, so around eleven p m the owner of the home, Jesse says he received a text from Jessica saying she doesn't want to feel the pain anymore. Which some people think is, is that a suicidal comment or is it? I take it as. It can go. I take it as like she's breaking up with her boyfriend. Like I'm leaving him. Like I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. It can go. It can go either ways. ways. Yeah. So then at 3.30, her 19-year-old son receives a text message from her. And I never found what that message said. Anyways. No one saw her again. On the early morning of June 2nd, around 930, a male woman on her normal route found 37-year-old Jessica hanging by her shoelaces from the mailbox of the house she had been hanging out at.
1: Hanging from the mailbox?
0: Yes. The mail lady freaks out. She calls for help. Another mailman shows up. Oh, my God. He starts taking pictures. Oh. I'm literally screaming at my computer, by the way, while I'm doing this research right now, because I'm like, get the fuck out of the crime scene. Like, what are y'all doing? These images show the mother on her knees with her legs curled underneath, kind of like she's kneeling. Her shoestrings are fastened into a noose wrapped around her neck on the outside of her hair, entangled in her hair, around the front of her face and in her mouth. Like her lips. Like it's I'm making a face of Like it's like this. Like it's through her mouth.
1: And around her neck.
0: And around her neck. <clears throat> like the back of it's around her neck, around her hair and the fronts like yeah. Okay.
1: So I'm I yeah. guess I'm confused at
0: Like, it was tied around her face, like, in her mouth, pulling her lip up. Her purse was open and in between her legs. And the strap on one end of the purse was broken. Like, it had maybe been snatched away or, like, got caught on something and was broken by, like, force. You see what I'm saying? Like, So,
1: if she hanged herself, she could have – it seems, okay, what my my thought process here is, I don't know anything really about this case, but – If you're hanging yourself and all you have to do is pull your head up, right? Mm -hmm. Like she could not – I don't want to say save herself, but like she could save herself, for lack of a better word. So I just feel like that would be really difficult to make yourself do that and not pick your head up. You know what I'm saying? Right. It'd be like forcing Mm -hmm. – I know people do stuff like that. It'd be like forcing yourself to drown. Right. You could pull your head up and breathe. Right. It'd be very difficult to make yourself –
0: like not change your mind and be like, be oh my, difficult. like panic.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would be very difficult yeah. to do. I mean, it's possible, obviously, but that just is kind of mind-boggling to me, you know? Uh, yeah.
0: So her her hand was resting on top of her purse in between her legs, and she was like kind of holding her wallet. Mm. Her wallet was completely
1: empty. Empty, like no empty, money. Empty, like there's no cards? money, there's nothing okay. in there.
0: And rigor mortis had set in. So she had been there for worse oh and the clothes that she were wearing weren't her typical outfit of choice either like she had on jeans and a camo t-shirt if you ever see me in a camo t-shirt and jeans call the police because it is foul play 100 percent. and i'm not making fun of her but this is exactly what her friends said when they you saw the like, photos they were like
1: wear stuff. we yeah. have
0: never seen her in that bullshit like She would never wear a real tree, first of all. Like, no ma'am. And there was also tall grass, like, grown up around the mailbox. Uh Uh-huh. And this is a ruralish area with, like, no streetlights or anything. So it's not like it's in a busy subdivision. So I'm sure people are like, well, wouldn't somebody see her when they drove by? Mm -hmm. But it's not, like, your house. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or even my house. Like, it's not – and the the mailbox isn't, like, a brick-and-mortar, like, big – mailbox yeah. it's like on a One
1: almost like a stories. telephone
0: pole that's cut off like a you know what i'm saying so cops come in guns a blazing, and immediately start fucking up this whole thing they pull right up on the crime scene park their cars in all the areas everybody's walking through everything like it's a goddamn saint patrick's day parade they do not tape off the area they don't question the neighbors. The dude whose house it was at had a camera like a ring. They didn't get the video footage because they said it had a passcode. And the guy said he didn't know what the code was. Well, you take it anyway. uh, Yeah, you would think. The homeowner would then change his story several times saying he never looked at it. And then it was taped over. Her tennis shoes that she took the shoestrings out of, allegedly, were found inside the house. No shoelaces in them, obviously. And they had blood spatter on them. To the Horn Lake Police Department, this was clearly a girl struggling to get off drugs who committed suicide. There was no foul play. There was no other possibility. There was no case. She was probably just depressed and hung herself because she was fighting with her boyfriend.
1: I hate when... People assume suicide, mm-hmm. even if it is, you mm-hmm. don't go in because that totally muddies the case. If you just are like, ah, you don't care as much if you're ah. right. I mean, it's like you should assume foul play is involved until you prove it's not. But that's just my take. You would assume that. Like, why do that? It's like the case I covered in Georgia last year. They, you know, they just assumed it was a suicide and mm-hmm. didn't do, take all the precautions. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's frustrating.
0: They do have her phone, but there's a passcode on it and, and they didn't have it. So.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. These
0: are cops. I told like, you. Like, figure it wire, out. Your hair on fire. So Jessica's taken to the coroner's office and he rules this as asphyxiation due to ligature hanging, which points to suicide. There are numerous marks on her left arm and hand. One appears to be a boot or shoe mark, and there is blood under her fingernails, bruising on her wrist, Mm. and red marks on her arm and hand. Mm -mm. To me, it looks like it almost could have been like a chemical burn, but I'm no medical examiner. And according Hmm. to him, these were insect bites. Insect bites. How
1: would he know they were insect bites? On
0: just the one arm. There also seems to be holes in her hand, almost like puncture wounds. What?
1: Like get, from drugs?
0: Get this. No autopsy was performed. What? They didn't even tell the family about these marks on joking? her arm. They on, The family only saw the post-mortem photos, and that's when they were like, the fuck is wrong with her arm? Like, what is all that? Insect bites? No. No, they did run a talk screen and find meth and Xanax in her system, but not enough to even incapacitate her. Like she wasn't fucked up on drugs.
1: So this is a dumb question, but I don't know. Can you inject meth?
0: Yeah, I think you can inject anything. I'm not a drug
1: addict, but... I mean, I I would assume that too, but I just don't know. I know that's not necessarily the most common way. I know heroin is, but...
0: Right. So Jessica's body is cremated... And she is laid to rest on June the 9th, 2017. I know we like huff at that, but it's like her family thought yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't she had everything the that the police no, no, no. would need, yeah. you know, that they had yeah. everything. So her family is devastated. Well, of course. And no one who knows her believes that she did this. Like, she loved her kids. Like, that's that's all that she had. And she was the only parent that her kids had. Did
1: she leave a note of any sort? There's
0: nothing. Nothing. And it's, it just, I don't know. It like, it kind of hits me hard because like I have an eight year old and no matter how shitty or bad or awful things get and the way that like, I watched so many interviews and YouTube things about this case and like her parents talking and friends and her sisters and nieces talking, they were like, she may have had like a rough time. But her kids always came first and she loved them. Like she worked two jobs. She never had help. They were her number one. She would have never left them. So her boyfriend Garland is questioned. He says he didn't see her after she got mad and walked out. So that's good enough for the police. And he's cleared. They question the guy whose house she was at. He's cleared. So there's no person of interest. And the investigation is closed. The boyfriend has never cooperated with the family, and there are literally 16 hours between the last time he saw her and the time her body was found. You didn't see her outside? Literally, she was
1: outside. He this, never left the never, home. He
0: never it. left the home. That's the story. That's everybody's story. People were coming and going. There was a party. It was a drug house. Blah, blah, blah. No one saw her. She's just outside for all this time, from six, on a mailbox. From well, from six p.m. until nine thirty a.m. When the mail woman found her, it's
1: not like six p.m.'s late. I Where mean, are,
0: wh- what's going on in this and this time is the frame? Summer, summer, it's, it's daylight. Until yes, freaking 8.30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No cars drove by. Like what? What? She's just outside for all this time, and nobody sees her.
1: Like she's wandering around in this yard? I, okay, I'm,
0: whew. I told you you're like, the, the whole
1: fire. thing about not, there was a camera mm-hmm. pointed at where they could see exactly The what whole happened. front yard they and just mailbox. Watched yes. it from beginning to end and yes. known for a yes. fact what happened. Yes. And they yes. yes didn't take that in with them. Oh my God. Gosh. so her and, parents and the dude that lived there didn't want to like hello that's if something like that happened the first if they didn't take it i'd watch it i'd be like what the heck and happened? on one of the things
0: that i oh. watched one of the shows i watched i believe it was a still a mystery on id yeah yeah um, i've seen that it the mom's being interviewed and she's like i told the cops like this is a drug house why do you not bust it and go in yeah. there we're not narcotics. That's their, Ugh. that was what they told her. We're not, we're not narcotics. We're just like police.
1: Well, then you know a guy, right? I mean, yeah, what the?
0: Anyways, so her yeah. parents are pissed yeah. because no one's taken this serious. So they take matters into their own hands and hire a high profile private forensic investigator named Maurice Godwin. And this guy is legit. Mm -hmm. he also worked on the casey anthony case oh so like he knows his shit so right at the beginning he calls bullshit on this whole thing as he should he gets to digging and finds out that most of the evidence has been destroyed or lost her clothes were sent to the funeral home and were burned because they were in a biohazard bag So instead of the crime lab having and processing her clothes,
1: why did the funeral home get
0: from the coroner, sent them to the funeral home instead of to the crime lab? Why did they do that? And so they burned them. So there's, they, they weren't processed. Her shoes were returned to the parents. Not, they didn't process them either. And they have blood spatter on them. So that was never tested.
1: Yeah, where'd that come from? Was it hers? Was it someone else's? What in the world? I Her
0: purse was also returned to her parents and had blood on it. Never processed. Never swabbed for DNA. Neither were her fingernails that had blood underneath them. Never swabbed. Never tested for DNA. Where'd the blood come if from? If she, yeah, if she... This is
1: frustrating because it's I mean, like,
0: this is potential evidence in this crime. It's fucking insane. Nobody tested anything. They tried to locate the shoestrings and so he could do like touch DNA on the shoestrings, which is a crucial and the most important part of evidence in this whole entire case. Gone. Mm -hmm. Gone. Can't find them. Don't know where they're at. Oh my gosh. So according to Maurice A potential autopsy was performed, and he does not agree it was suicide. She was tied to the mailbox. It was only 38 inches off the ground, and there's no way she could have done that herself. I mean, like, I sent you the pictures. I don't know how much. I mean, like, you guys can, like, Google it. I sent Lacey the pictures. I don't know if you want to put those on her stuff because they're kind of, huh. But the photographs look suspicious the way she is. It appears to him, he says, that she's more tied to it than hung. And based on the way the string is around her Adam's apple, it would not cause enough pressure to even make her pass out, let alone cut off air to kill herself. And
1: Mm -hmm. the way that she
0: is positioned, the pressure is on her cheekbone, not on her neck, Mm -hmm. and she would have been in excruciating pain so like she's supposedly alive when she sits down there and so she has to put the pressure on her face from that four by four post until she dies she would have been like pulling against the side to strangle herself anyway i don't it looks to me like in my opinion yeah not a not a not a it looks like she was strangled from behind because her head's kind of facing upward.
1: Like, yeah. Like, she's looking
0: up at someone. Yeah,
1: like, yeah, maybe she died from asphyxiation from something else and was staged right. to look like. Right, and it like, was staged to yeah. look like, yeah. I mean, it makes more sense if she was going to do that to be
0: facing away from the post, so she could use, like, her body weight. Do you
1: see what I'm saying? Yeah. To, like, lean to – does that make sense? Yeah, and I – I hate to like get graphic about suicide and stuff, but I don't want to say easier, but there's less painful ways. Well, and her to mother than and her, that that seems like putting yourself through a lot of torture.
0: Again, her mother says on this ID show that I watched that like she had a habit and was dealing with addiction to Xanax. She would have took pills and went to sleep. Right. She it's, wouldn't have put yeah. herself out there to be found like that and that was another thing. When she was found, she had no makeup on and was in this shitty outfit that no one had ever seen her in. And everybody was like, "She would, she wouldn't go out, she wouldn't go to the mailbox without makeup on."
1: There's no way. This reminds me you you've probably heard of Rebecca Zahau, Rebecca Zahau. Yes, where she was hanged over the balcony, mm-hmm. but was totally naked mm-hmm. and on mm-hmm. her period, which mm-hmm. is just like, why no would you? No woman's gonna do
0: that. Shower. Be it just. No woman's gonna do that. No.
1: Like. No. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just things aren't adding Mm -hmm. up at all. It's just...
0: Also, the way that the shoestring is wrapped around her hair, it would have been tearing her hair out. And also, if you're going to commit suicide, you would put the string against your skin. Why would you give it a...
1: I would have to imagine you didn't want to suffer painfully for an extended period of time, you know? Then you would I mean, like her face. face, Yeah, it just... Well, and that's the thing is...
0: That there's there's enough pressure from the shoestring on her face to leave a mark, but not on her neck.
1: Because another thing I would say is maybe so much, well, so many drugs were in her system that she wouldn't. But she wasn't, but, yeah, like it was knew, Trace. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, like she was exactly. fucked up so it's just hard to make sense of that i don't know
0: also the knot on the shoestring was tied at the very end of each one which had a you know which would have been hard to do in the dark in the middle of the night and make it perfect like there's no street lights like she's in the middle like it's rural area so one of the shoestrings was tied like a noose around her neck and then the second one was tied together at the very end and wrapped around The mailbox. Can you picture that, like, in your head?
1: It still just seems so strange to me. Not that it's impossible. It's not
0: impossible, but there are, it's not very likely.
1: Yeah, I just, I don't know.
0: So he says, you know, like, basically, her body should have been been sent to a forensic pathologist to do a detailed autopsy. And they have botched this from day one. So, a retired police detective from Memphis is also helping the family, and he agrees that this scene definitely looks staged. There are also a lot of trees around, so why would she not do that? Why would she not hang herself from a tree? Why are you going to crawl out to the road? And, anyways. And, also, statistically speaking, like you said, women are more likely to overdose on pills than to hang themselves. So, he also questioned why the case seemed to be closed. Like, who closed it? The family still had questions. They were not satisfied with what it said. So, why was it just case closed and like that was it? He said the Horn Lake Police Department was grossly negligent and had zero intentions of investigating her death. So, Garland, her boyfriend at the time was never a suspect and neither was Jesse, the homeowner. Garland was questioned by Crime Watch Daily when they caught up with him outside the Shelby County Courthouse in Memphis, where he was in court for a domestic charge against his current girlfriend. He told them he agrees that she did not kill herself and it looks very suspect, but he didn't do it. So basically the case... Is insane, and her family and friends think that her past addiction and the crowd she was with kept the police from yeah. being thorough, and they botched it.
1: That's what happened in that Georgia case yep. that may or may not be a suicide. Yep. It was a drug house. Yep, It's, oh, drugs are involved. Oh, whatever. These people are in, right. in and out of trouble right. all the time. Blah, blah, blah.
0: Of course they killed themselves, yeah. <sighs> but, I mean, like, with I all I hate of when the, stuff yes. like that...
1: It's like, these people... Addicts or not, it doesn't matter. What? You still should a- investigate yes. the same. Yes. Period. I don't care how rich they are, how poor they are. how mm-hmm. like. So basically, we're supposed to believe that this
0: mother got mad at her boyfriend, mm-hmm. walked in the front yard. At 6 p.m. Took her shoestrings out of her shoes, tied them together, walked out to the mailbox, then tied the shoestrings around her neck and around the post, and in the process, wrapped it around her head, pulling her own hair out, and leaning the opposite direction until she strangled herself to death. Get the fuck out of here. Like, also, you know what else is bugging me about all this? I never saw anything where they said anything about petechial hemorrhaging. Oh, Nothing in the corner is- report. Yes, like, you know, when someone's alive and like they hang themselves or are choked and the pressure causes those red marks in your eyeballs. Mm -hmm. Nothing is said about that in anything that I found. So unless someone comes forward and tells something that they know or it gains more publicity and the police feel the pressure to open this back up, her family will never get any answers. Her cause of death definitely, in my opinion, needs to be changed at least to... Something other than suicide. The police department does say they are investigating any tips that come in. So if anyone that you know or if you know anything at all, even the smallest detail could be majorly significant. Call the Horn Lake Police Department. Their number is 662-393-6174. Be anonymous. It's 24-7. Just like not like, this was a mother. Yeah. Children. Like, this breaks my heart. It really does. Like, it's, it's terrible.
1: And if you're afraid of... Well, anyone listening to any crime, if you see something that involves murder or you know something that involves murder, the last thing homicide detectives care about is your drugs. Seriously. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. Yeah, no. I do get why these... If people hear something and they were doing drugs, why they don't want to come forward, but... Like I don't know. Write an anonymous letter. Call someone. Slip. Just do something. And something that you to may, give a
0: tip. And something you may not think is important. Exactly. Like, oh, I saw her at seven twenty. Yeah. I remember because so and so texted me at that yeah. time, and yeah. she was out in the front yard. Like anything <sighs> to even put a time frame mm-hmm. on would be major.
1: Yeah, this is definitely it's
0: infuriating that yeah, they that's didn't a whole mess. that they didn't get so her phone mm-hmm. code was changed cuz she didn't have one apparently according to all the shit I read and watched and all this. So there was a... like a, it was changed throughout the night at some point. And the police could have used her fingerprint to unlock it and they were oh like, "Oh, gosh. we didn't realize that till after she was already cremated." Oops. And AT&T will not unlock a fucking phone. Don't even try that. They won't do it. There have been so many court cases. That's so crazy to That me. they're like, it's a privacy thing. We're not going to do it.
1: Uh-uh. But
0: you it. know her cell phone has. I hate it all. I it's it all. so bad. Like, this case is driving me insane. I hate it. Ugh. To me, in my opinion, don't come for me, people. She didn't kill herself. That's just, no, no. I don't believe it.
1: Based on everything I've heard, that seems... I mean, it's likely, but it seems like a strange way to do it. I don't know. It just doesn't seem... seems like
0: a lot of work.
1: It's in, it seems unlikely. Very I just, unlikely. I don't know. But then you just, like,
0: motive, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who was there? But if people were in and out, and that was another thing that I read, is that mm. Jessica had collected around $500 that day from people that owed her money with plans to buy drugs with it. and her wallet was empty. So somebody took that money. Which is, like, she has it in something. her hand. Whether. So it's almost like she was like, yeah. take yeah. my money. Just don't do, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just, it's all fishy. It's driving me crazy. Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine. It's frustrating. I know. I was talking to a friend of mine last night on the phone. And he did not go down any more rabbit holes. <laughs> so I'm like, you want me to tell you what I think happened? No, I don't. <laughs> All the theories. Well, that's
1: the thing is cases like this. That's all you can do is think of the theories because it's, and it sucks because the evidence has been lost. She's been cremated.
0: There's not a whole lot that can be done
1: other than someone coming forward.
0: Well, it's like, why did you not call in the state police? You're a small town. Don't come for me. I don't know any, I'm not targeting anybody, but you know how small town cops are? Like they're not little rock cops trust they're me. not homicide you know I what i mean No,
1: exactly
0: like they're not equipped to deal with homicides or murder investigations. so you call the state police in yes they were just like nope she hung herself it's a suicide case closed it yeah. was a drug house if you're not equipped to handle it call it's somebody kind of like you can. A hospital if you're a small yes. town
1: hospital you go in you're you they don't have the you send specialist. them out. You we're send gonna, them out. We're going to send Maybe you out. We're a, it done. should be the same with homicide. It should be, but it's not oftentimes. I know.
0: And you know what? I may be completely wrong and we'll eat a giant bowl of crow if this shit really was a suicide. But it just seems very
1: mm-hmm. unlikely. Um, had she threatened suicide before? No. She had, loved life. She was happy. She, she loved her kids. She hadn't been like. No. Had she, not that that's always the case. No, you're right. You're the right. Case, there are people. But just, just curious right. if there are any flags of, Mm-mm. yeah,
0: just. Nothing out of the ordinary. It's mm-hmm. business as usual. She's hanging out with her boyfriend, on again, off again, whatever. She told her kids, I'll be home tomorrow.
1: I'm going to need a
0: drink after that case. Let's take a break.
1: All right. Are you ready for mine? I am so ready. It's also wild. On August 11th, Of 1996, 21 year old Jeffrey Lee Wolf and his girlfriend, 18 year old Brooke Weber, drove from Houston, Texas to Jackson County, Mississippi. So Jackson County is pretty much in between Biloxi and Mobile, Alabama. Oh, okay. So it's like down there on the Gulf. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I've driven right through it before. The reason for this trip was drug related. Jeffrey was going to Mississippi to pick up some money from friends that were in his debt for marijuana. So we're not talking hard drugs or anything. Just to be clear, marijuana. So Jeffrey was 21. He loved football, motorcycles, and dogs, which is always great. His dad described him as an all-American guy. He was close with his dad, and before leaving for Mississippi, he introduced him to his new girlfriend, Brooke. So they hadn't been together very long, but... He told his dad they were going on vacation. He wasn't, of course, going to say, you know, making a deal. But he did. They were going to have fun anyway, even though they were going there for quote-unquote work. Right. They were going to make a nice trip out of it. Well, in the past, Jeffrey, or someone acting on his behalf, would take marijuana to Mississippi and give it to a 33-year-old guy named Gary Simmons to sell for him there. Then, Gary's brother-in-law named Timothy Milano, who was 21, would sell it for Gary. So when people bought the weed off Timothy, Timothy would pay Gary, Gary would pay Jeffrey. So Jeffrey wanted to be handed the money in person, so that's why he would go to Mississippi to collect. Does that all make sense? It's like a
0: pyramid it's, it's scheme exactly of Jeffrey's, marijuana.
1: Yeah, Jeffrey's at the top, then there's Gary, then there's Timothy. Yeah. Exactly. Got it. So it wasn't small. Jeffrey was going to collect a drug debt between 12000 to 20000 bucks. It's a lot of pot. This is some big time weed dealing, not, you know, a couple hundred bucks. It was, it was a lot. So once Jeffrey and Brooke arrived on August 13th, they checked into a hotel. Then they all met up and Gary did not have the money yet, or at least not all of it. So later that evening, Jeffrey and Brooke had dinner with Sonny, who was Timothy Milano's brother. So Timothy was the, sm- mm-hmm. the lowest on the tot- totem pole, so to speak. So he also had a girl with him. And after dinner, they planned on swinging back by Gary's to pick up the rest of the money. But after dinner, they drove there and no one was home. So they decided to head back to their hotel and just wait for Gary to either reach out or return or whatever. In the meantime, Sonny dropped his girlfriend off, then went to Gary's house. So at this point, Gary was at the house with Timothy So, Gary asked Sonny to get a hold of Jeffrey and let him know. So, let him know we're here, we're back now, blah, blah, blah. So, Jeffrey and Brooke both drove back to Gary's house. And at some point, Sonny went home. At the house, it's Gary and Timothy. And then Jeffrey and Brooke are going to meet them. So, that's who's at the scene. So, once they arrived, Gary walked into the kitchen and got a beer while Brooke was sitting at a table in the living room. The mood was fine. And Brooke was rolling up a joint to smoke. Brooke did say that Gary seemed creepy, but Jeffrey had told her that, you know, these are his friends, so she didn't really ask any questions. Right. She hadn't been with him for very long, so she she just kind of, you know, oh, they're his friends, no big deal, whatever. So she was in the living room. Timothy was in the living room. Jeffrey was standing in the doorway between the kitchen and the living room, and Gary was in the kitchen in front of the refrigerator. So... They're all in a pretty close proximity, so to speak. So at some point, he told Jeffrey, look, we don't have the money and we don't have any drugs left either. So, of course, they started arguing. I mean, this could have been 20,000 bucks and you've got nothing. Where's the money? Where are the drugs? So all of a sudden, Timothy pulled out a gun and fatally shot Jeffrey. Brooks saw Jeffrey fall to the floor and Timothy was the one holding the gun. Then Gary grabbed Brooke and took her to the back of the house and laid her on the floor. He got on top of her and started asking her why she was there and if she was a cop or if Jeffrey was a cop. What the? I know, which sounds to me like meth or something when you're paranoid, but it, right. I don't know that any of them were, nothing mentioned meth. So I don't know why he was so suspicious. Well, Gary then bound her with rope and locked her inside of a metal box. Oh my God. Yeah, and this box had similar dimensions to a footlocker. She was fighting for her life, and she was unable to tie herself. So she started kicking from inside on the metal box door. Well, Gary opened it up again and retied her, and then shoved her back in the box. She said she was fighting for her life, so she managed to untie herself again. But at this time, Gary took her out of the box and raped her. He told her he was, quote, on a time frame and could not mess up. And he also told her that her life depended on how well she performed sexually.
0: Okay, sorry.
1: We're going to just put a pin in this. Why? Why is it
0: every dude's go-to is to rape a woman?
1: What the f- I know. I know. And he has two kids. I know people say like, oh, it's power and just stop. Just stop at that point. I, I I, don't know. I really don't know. I can't get into that mindset, I guess. So he raped her. And after this, he tied her up again and returned her back to the box. During this, well, during and after this, Gary dragged Jeffrey's body into the bathroom and began dismembering him. It's like every story. Every story. I, swear.
0: Is dis- I had no idea that people like to dismember people as much as they do.
1: So when Gary wasn't dealing, he was a butcher. So he had expertise dismembering. He took a break in the middle of this, and that's when he raped Brooke. So in the middle of dismembering her boyfriend, he went back and raped her. Which is absolutely, Mm-mm. I mean, it's all horrifying. Mm-mm. Gary invited Timothy to rape her too but he did not. After this, both Gary and Timothy carried Jeffrey's body parts in buckets to a bayou behind Gary's house and dumped the remains using a boat that Gary borrowed from a neighbor just a few hours prior. According to Timothy, Gary forced him to carry the buckets and clean up the boat after they got rid of the remains and cleaned up the house. You know, of course he would say that though. Later that night, Gary and Timothy went back to the hotel room that Jeffrey and Brooke had been staying at and retrieved their things. Then he drove Timothy home. Well, in the meantime, Brooke was still at Gary's inside this metal box. Yeah. Heart
0: attack city. No.
1: So she's in there, tied up again. Terrified. I mean, she's been raped at this point. She's already tried to break free three times. It hasn't worked out. Well, the phone starts ringing. It's in the late 90s. Everyone has a home phone, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, it's ringing and ringing and ringing. No one's picking up. So she thinks, okay, well, maybe no one's home or maybe they're not inside. Right. So she manages to untie herself again. She's amazing. She is a badass. She kicks the metal locker open, gets out. She's naked, has a sock on. She scrambles, puts some clothes on real fast and grabs a butcher knife. And she ran to the neighbor's house. The neighbor refused to let her inside, but did call the police for her. This is actually something I think about sometimes. I mean, what would you do? Think you're an innocent third party? If someone with that's like bloodied, na- half naked with a knife comes running to your front door, are so you going to let him in? Well, the thing is, it could be a ruse. It could be hard to know. I I'm don't just asking. I'm like literally asking you.
0: Like, I, I wouldn't. I have a child. Yeah. See no the,
1: way. See, the thing for me is when I was thinking about it, people use children for things like this too yes they do i would let it if a kid came
0: oh 100 if a kid kid i would get fucked i would i I would let somebody
1: in and it'd be hard for me to not let a woman inside a man i would be which sounds bad i I don't care it's just the way it is a woman and a child i would have a harder time what if they ran up to your door and was
0: like hey girl
1: You'd be like, "Are you one of our friends?" Yeah, <laughs> just. <laughs> Did I see you in I'd have Zimmerman? a hard time letting a straight guy in my, in exactly. my house. Exactly. Let's just straight dudes do straight not dudes. do not I'm come sorry. running to Lacey's. I'm sorry, I just it, it, come it, to it, my okay. Okay. come <laughs> to my
0: house. Straight dudes come to my house. Let me –
1: no, but for real – my reason, address,
0: I, it, no, way. <laughs> I'll
1: put that in the show notes for the show you notes. Know, but for real, if someone's no, I get running, it. Running Mm-mm. and it's not. I'm not blaming the neighbors at all. I mean, but luckily. You know, she was on their porch and they're like, we're going to call the cops for you. And they did. They did. While the neighbor was calling the cops, Brooke saw Gary return home, enter the house, and then leave. I don't think he saw her on the neighbor's porch. Nothing said anything. But this was around 6 a.m. Well, when the police got there, Brooke told them the entire story. She let them in Gary's house and she was absolutely hysterical as she should be. They searched the home, which was spotless. Yeah. Yeah. And they searched the yard, the boat, and the bayou. They found blood on the boat right off the bat. That wasn't cleaned up very well. They found a head, fingers, arms, organs, and a torso with bullet casing still in it floating in the bayou. So Gary just dumped it in the bayou, assuming alligators would eat everything, alligators and fish. So he wasn't even concerned about hiding them. So they were able to recover around 80% of Jeffrey's body. The other 20% was likely consumed by alligators. The police arrested Timothy Milano first. He was at his apartment in Pascagoula, Mississippi. Gary drove to his ex's place in Mobile, Alabama, and he made a video confession. Which I watched part of and I didn't... Really under, he looks like he's in front of one of those old school professional backdrops, you know, that's kind of uh, gray and cloudy. And he's just, well, I guess I killed somebody. I'm like, what? He also turned himself in a day, day or so later. So I looked into Gary's record. And before this, he just had minor offenses and a D, DUI. No rape, assault, anything like that. After Gary's arrest, a co-worker said that Gary was nice but had a strange side to him. He would occasionally talk about sex fantasies involving locking women up. Also, someone who lived near him said that after he and his wife divorced and she moved out with his two kids, the house became the scene of noise, trash, and suspicious comings and goings. So kind of like a drug house. A former tenant of Gary said that in the past he had attempted to persuade teenagers in the neighborhood to kill black people. Girl. I couldn't find more information on this, but if that's true, then, wow, that's, I, no words. Gary Simmons' trial began on August 25th, 1997, and just four days later, the jury returned a guilty verdict on the kidnapping, rape, and murder charges. So, for the kidnapping and rape, he was sentenced to life, two separate life sentences, but he had a separate hearing for the murder conviction the jury unanimously found Gary Simmons was guilty and would be sentenced to death by lethal injection. Timothy Milano was sentenced to life in prison without parole. So Gary Simmons was executed on June 20, 2012 at the age of 49. He said he made peace with God and was remorseful, according to the Mississippi Department Corrections Commissioner. But when he could say his last words, he did not apologize to the family. He said, quote, I've been blessed to be loved by some good people, by some amazing people. I thank them for their support. Now let's get it on so these people can go home. That's it. Brooke said on the show Shattered on ID, and this is the first episode of Shattered. The whole show, all the episodes are heartbreaking, but it's none of the cheesy reenactments or anything. It's just the real people telling their stories, but it's so sad. She said, I'll never have that girl back that I used to be. Never. I don't trust people. You know, I sometimes I wish it was me and not him because the hell is here. He is in heaven, you know, he's an angel and it's hard here. Brooke mentioned that she does still suffer from PTSD. And that's not really something we talk about a lot, but survivors do typically have PTSD or some other sort of trauma from what they've endured. And if anyone listening is a survivor and needs help, CBT, also known as cognitive behavioral therapy, works really well. It's basically a trauma-focused psychotherapy, and sometimes medications are used to manage symptoms. We're very pro-therapy here, so I encourage anyone, if it's in your means, find a therapist. We can all use one, seriously. But I got most of my info from the court documents and the show Shattered on ID, and yeah, that's it. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Our cases were insane Seriously. this week. I watched the show way back when it first came on and I rewatched it last night after I finished my notes to jog my memory. Oh, it's so sad. It just is just her um Jeffrey's father's on there talking and it shows him, you know, cleaning the headstone. Brooks on there and when Gary was first arrested and everything, she changed her name and everything because she was scared. I mean, it took him quite a while to die, but she was scared of who might come after her and it's just sad. She changed her hair color like of she was blonde and everything. She changed her name, she dyed her hair black. I mean, she was just terrified for her life that. Can you blame her? Yeah, no, not at all. No. Like, I mean, you survived something like that, but you are dealing with a lot still after everything and yeah, it's it's just really sad. Mississippi. Mississippi. They weren't messing around, though, with their sentencing. I'll say that. Well, that's just, true. I'm like, holy crap, because take away the murder in that case. He was sentenced to life for the kidnapping and the rape. I was kind of surprised by that. Mm-hmm. How do we turn turn this into positivity? There's no way, but. Mm, no. Let's just move on. Let's move on. Let's These move were on. terrible. Sometimes you just have to s- just take a beat. Tuck it. Tuck it back. Tuck it back. We have some new patrons. We love a patron. So we have dun dun na Jamie from Tennessee, Jamie R. And this is our first Tennessee patron. I haven't put the pin in yet because that's how new she is.
0: Hi Tennessee, it's J A Y M E. I love a Tennessean. Mhm. I'm from. You're from Tennessee. The very end <laughs> She's over there, the, the very the very corner. I had a T-shirt a hundred years ago that had a map of Tennessee on it and it had a little star in Memphis you're
1: basically in the river and it had a
0: little star in where Memphis is and it says when you've been bad you get sent to the coroner oh my gosh (laughs)
1: I've lost that, (laughs) Jamie. Find this shirt for her. Find this shirt for me, Jamie. (laughs) Hilarious. And we have Cassidy H from Washington State. Washington State, another one. Yes, I added her pin. So we have this map in our studio, and I've been point. I'm putting the pins in for our patrons. So thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Cassidy. Y'all are awesome. And we've also gotten some cocktails, like all within the past couple of days, which is exciting. So, Kelly Y. from Across the Pond. That's crazy. Yes, thank I you. I love for- that. You're thank our you. first
0: international. We don't have any patrons from... No,
1: no, no, no. Sorry. This isn't a patron. She bought us a cocktail, but we do have an international patron from the UK. Oh, shit. Yeah. Kelly bought us a cocktail. Well, Kelly, now you have to join the patron. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, we love you just the yes, same. Yes, I got patroned. We no, love I'm you just kidding. the same. Yes, thank you, Kelly. And Andy A. Sent us some cocktails. Thank you so much, Andy. We love a cocktail. they are the best. Actually, let me read what they said because they were kind of funny. They can type in a little thing when they give us cocktails, which is kind of fun. So Andy wrote, nobody ever pays me in cocktails, <laughs> which I'm like, that's, they need to, Andy. Demand cocktails or, I don't know, Diet Coke. So Kelly said, your podcasts keep me going on my long-ass walks that I do to improve my health, mainly my mental health sending you so much love from England. Keep going, girls. Thank you.
0: Yes, thank you. Okay. Oh, I have boy. a lot of things. Oh, I
1: can't First, wait. So we did karaoke last Wednesday, which was fun. Super fun. Lacey is a songstress. I was it was not that crowded for karaoke, which it needs to be, but I, because of that, I got to sing a 100 songs and you killed them all. Oh, yeah. You know I did. literally I was there murdered them. Late. I murdered them. <laughs> it was not not pretty. They're also so Charlie's, you know, in the River Market. They're doing a drag brunch on March twenty seventh, Sunday. Next Sunday, the twenty seventh. No, Sunday, March twenty seventh. Twenty seventh at noon, which is exciting. It's our first drag brunch. That's we super love, exciting. We love a drag brunch. We love we love drag. We love brunch. Yes. Put them together. Put them together. Shampoo condition. Amazing. we're gonna when we're in Vegas, we're seeing a drag brunch show. We.
0: We will, we, go we will, we will, <laughs> we'll travel for drag we'll tra- brunch.
1: <laughs> we'll travel for true crime trivia, drag brunch, drag karaoke, all, all the, the events. All the da, events. Da, da, da. Yes. So on another note, I'm excited but mad because you told me about that show from on epics. <gasps> so I was excited because Amazon Prime had it right. Or so I thought I freaking binged the first three episodes and then it's done. Then it's done because they only let me watch three for free. I've only seen two.
0: <gasps> You've seen one more than me. Oh, my gosh. Because I've been so busy.
1: Oh, well, my I kids in two. all the sports.
0: so I just, not, like, binged it yeah.
1: all last night. I didn't even it's get so, my eight hours of sleep.
0: Oh, Jesus. I haven't had eight hours of sleep <laughs> since
1: I don't function on little sleep. I'm a, I'm a bear. But so it's – you can watch the first three episodes for free on Prime. What do you think? I loved it. I wanted to binge it. They have like a million other—not a million—they're up to like episode eight, and I can't watch anymore. Wow, they're on episode eight or something. I could be mistaken. It's it's interesting. It's it's one of those things that reminds me of like Lost or The Leftovers, where you have so many questions and you know they're not going to answer any of your freaking Mm -hmm. questions, Mm -hmm. but like a sucker, you keep watching episodes. Mm -hmm. But I like it. Some cheesy acting, but it is what it is. That's how sci-fi is. But well? I have so many, qu- you need, oh, you gotta catch up. Cause I have so many questions. No one I know has ever even heard of this. I don't even know how you found it. It's interesting. Y'all watch from FROM. They're not paying me to say this, but DM me your thoughts. <laughs> They're not, this is let's, not. Let's, let's do a crowd circle and uh, like a book discussion, a, a show discussion. Anyway, um, If you want to support us and don't want to pay anything, that's cool. Leave us a review if you like us. If you don't, please. (laughs) Don't. (laughs) Follow us on all the things. Instagram. Where are we next week?
0: Kentucky. Kentucky. And the week after that, let's go ahead and do it. Just pick one right now. Look at the map. Kentucky's next week. Where's the week after? You know what? Let's do Nevada.
1: Nevada. Will it'll you come out? Nevada, it'll I come out the Nevada. week we're in Las Vegas. Okay. Well, we'll we'll investigate in Vegas. If you're an, a listener from Nevada, hit us up and tell us what to do. Yes, we want to
0: know. We want to know all the things.
1: Yeah. What else do we have before we we skedaddle? Nothing. I'm starving. I'm so yeah, proud. I'm starving too. We're going to eat. Bye. Bye.